This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 249. Excerpts from the book Essential by the Minimalists of theminimalists.com. Get ready to maximize your potential with Optimal Living Daily, the podcast that brings you the best in personal development and productivity every day of the week. Your optimal life awaits. Now here's your host, Justin Mollick. What's going on, oldies? Welcome back to another edition of Old, or OLD, or Optimal Living Daily, the podcast where I simply read to you from the best blogs and books I can find covering topics like personal development, minimalism, and more. This week has been pretty crazy. If you're a long-time listener, you might remember hearing me talk about how sometimes I do something that I call sleep cycling. I think I invented that term maybe 10 years or so ago when I first started doing this. Basically, I kept going to bed later and later just because I do my best work between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. So I went to bed Later and later, and I started going to bed at 4 a.m., then 6 a.m., and eventually 8 a.m., even 10 a.m. And instead of trying to go backwards to a normal sleep time, I would keep going later and later so that eventually I'd end up going to bed at noon, then 2 p.m., then 5 p.m., 7 p.m., 10 p.m., like a normal person, eventually. And it works, but it's not fun and definitely not something I recommend trying. So anyway, I'm sort of in the middle of that, but just to make it even worse, I'm not sleeping all at one time. I'm kind of sleeping half at night and half during the day just to make it that much more complicated. So all that to say that I'm struggling right now. My head is really out of whack. And for times like these, when I could use a tiny break, I play excerpts from the minimalist book, Essential, since I previously recorded the entire book. Now that book is essays from their blog. So to you, it's pretty much the same thing, but it's nice for me since I don't have to take the time to find an article and read it. So I'm gonna do that today and most likely tomorrow and maybe a couple more times depending on how my sleep schedule goes and if I can get back to normal soon. And with that, since I'm trying to keep this short, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. A minimalist approach to technology. Our tools are only as good or bad as the person using them. A chainsaw can cut down a rotting backyard tree, preventing it from impaling a neighbor's house Or that same chainsaw can be used to hurt our neighbor, to chop him into tiny pieces. A can of paint can be used to beautify a home's facade. Or neighborhood miscreants can use it to graffiti the walls in an otherwise pristine public park. The same goes for technology. We can use Twitter, Pinterest, and Google Plus to enrich our lives and the lives of others, to communicate and share in ways we've never been able to communicate before, 
Or we can get stuck in social media's Bermuda Triangle, careening from Facebook to Instagram to YouTube, lost in the meaningless glow of our screens. We can use our smartphones to photograph gorgeous landscapes, message loved ones, or map out directions to a distant national park, or (gasps) to make phone calls. Or we can use that same device to Twitch, to incessantly check email, thumb through an endless stream of status updates, post vapid selfies, or partake in any other number of non-value-adding activities all while ignoring the beautiful world around us. It is up to us to determine how we use our chainsaws, paint cans, and technology. Our tools are merely tools, and it is our responsibility to ask important questions about how and why we use them. To become a Luddite is to avoid an entire world of possibilities, a better world that's enriched by the tools of technology. If used intentionally, we can change the world with these tools, or we can do a lot of harm. It's an individual choice. The world is literally at our fingertips and it's up to us to act accordingly. Digital clutter is different. Digital clutter isn't nearly as problematic as physical clutter. Don't think so? Try to move 2,000 books to a new residence. First, box up the physical books, taking them off their shelves one by one, labeling each box with its appropriate label, self-help, literary fiction, Cambodian interpretive dance, etc., then carry them to your vehicle box by box, being careful not to drop them, and then haul them to your new home, carry them inside, carefully unpack each box, and reshelve each individual book until every last book is sort of back where it was before you started the whole tedious exercise. Then next time you move, instead of boxing up all those books, grab your Kindle with all 2,000 titles, toss it in your bag, and be on your merry way. It's not hard to realize which method is easier. We've done both. Joshua threw his back out, literally, while going through the first exercise. Shockingly, the Kindle exercise didn't have the same savage effect on his lumbar musculature. That said, digital clutter can still be a significant problem. At The Minimalists, we advocate digitizing your physical items whenever you can, especially those old CDs, DVDs, photos, and files of paperwork you hardly ever need. Getting these items out of the way is a monumental first step, but we also recommend constantly paring down your digital stuff as well. It's important to keep your email inbox, your files, your music, and your collection of recently downloaded cute cat videos organized to save you time. It's equally important to get rid of files you no longer need. The rule of thumb we use is the last six months. That is, if we haven't needed something in the last six months, save documents, old college papers, Ryan's quote-unquote special recipe for Rice Krispie Treats, then we get rid of it. We do this twice a year. It takes less than an hour each time we purge our files. As with any rule, there are exceptions. For example, taxes should obviously be kept for seven years or longer depending on where you live. But these exceptions are few and far between. As for pictures, you needn't delete any photos. You can use them every day if you have a digital picture frame. You might be addressing your physical clutter, which is great. But when's the last time you purged your digital clutter? Shifting to a culture of access. There's a Tosh.0 episode in which a faux-outraged Daniel Tosh decides to burn thousands of books during a mock protest. He takes to the streets, gasoline and matches in hand, and, in the skit's anticlimactic zenith, he sets his Kindle aflame. Sure, it was a silly gesture, but apropos in the context of today's technocultural landscape, there was a time not long ago when, if we wanted immediate access to a large number of movies, we had to own hundreds of DVDs. If we wanted the ability to listen to a particular song on cue, our shelves needed to overflow with compact discs. And if we wanted to look smart, we needed a home library teeming with the oeuvres of all the most notable names in literature. 
Today, of course, we needn't own a single DVD, CD, or print book to have access to essentially unlimited options. With the click of a button, we can view any movie ever made, listen to any song ever produced, or read any page that's ever been printed. That's not to say there's anything inherently wrong with the physical artifacts themselves. It's just that, like the record albums of yesteryear, we are able to own less in the deliberate pursuit of experiencing more. Much like a hipster's impressive vinyl collection, a well-curated bookshelf holds significantly more meaning than, say, clinging to a random collection of paperbacks just in case we might read them someday in some substitute future. The same can be said for DVDs, CDs, and what's next? Let's not even mention all those forgotten VHS and cassette tapes collecting dust in the basement. These relics, movies, music, books, are only the beginning. Imagine all the possibilities we will unveil as we shift from a culture of ownership, a culture obsessed with personally owning every object we can get our hands on, to a culture of access in which every citizen has unlimited access to virtually everything virtually. Most of us never owned private basketball courts, bowling alleys, or swimming pools as children, yet we had access to these activities by way of our local communities, YMCA, public schools, and parks. Now, in today's culture, access trumps ownership more than ever. With the rapid expansion of our sharing economy, Uber, Airbnb, FreeCycle, we're living in a world that's radically different from the world of our industrial age predecessors. This is great news, but it doesn't mean we must eschew personal ownership. The opposite is true. With access to the non-physical world at our fingertips, the material things we own become more intentional, more deliberate, more purposeful. It's a beautiful paradox. Technology has made this possible. No longer must we hoard. Rather, with fewer physical possessions but greater access to the things that matter most, we can worry less about consuming and focus more on creating and experiencing. You just listened to an excerpt from the book Essential by The Minimalists of TheMinimalists.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And if you're interested in getting one of their books for free, I raffle off a copy of their book every single month to a random person on my mailing list. You can join for free at oldpodcast.com or for a super quick way to join, you can text the word OPTIMAL to the number 44222. That's OPTIMAL to 44222. And besides being entered to win every month, you also get free spreadsheets from me. You'll hear from me personally once a week, sometimes with pictures. And it's a really nice way to show me that you like what you hear. And I'll leave it at that. I need to sleep really badly or at least figure out my sleep schedule. So I'll catch you tomorrow with more essays from The Minimalists, where your optimal life awaits. Hey, this is Dan from the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast, which is a lot like this show, except more focused on personal finance. 
Justin handpicks the best posts he can find from blogs and authors like Ramit Sethi, Mr. Money Mustache, and more, and I read them to you five days a week. So if you enjoy this podcast, come on over and subscribe to Optimal Finance Daily too. And together, we'll optimize your financial life. You've been listening to Optimal Living Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us. And remember, your optimal life awaits.